From Tritank Experimental Laboratory, this is the Tritank Podcast, where we talk about all things related to innovation in the church. I'm Father Lorenz Labrija. Thank you for joining us. And joining me on the podcast today, you know, whenever I talk to people about Tritank, they always think that Tritank is all about technology and it's all about we're always dealing with AI and we're dealing with this, that and the other. And it's like, no, it's all about doing something we've always done in a new and innovative way. And sometimes, yes, that involves technology, but sometimes it does not. So our guest today is someone that I had a pleasure of meeting him and his were you guys married at the time? Oh, yeah. First yeah, my wife. You were, you were uh-huh. already married at the time? Okay. Um, we we met when they were just starting to plant their congregation and things were going well in, in Oklahoma. Uh, and then I just kept seeing the work that they were doing and that they keep doing. And so on the on the podcast today is Father Tim Baer, and he is the rector of Grace Yukon, right? Grace Episcopal Church in Yukon, Oklahoma. That's right. Which just moved into their brand new building, which is amazing. And for all of you who are listening, if you want to see good use of social media, how they do it and what the they do on Instagram is really, really good. The way they do music, which we've talked about on this podcast about how young people really like music is really, really good. But today in particular, I want to talk to him about something that is this ancient as the church. So, Father Tim Bear, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be joining you. Excellent. And especially thank you, because I know you're about to head off on sabbatical, so thanks for making a little bit of time <laughs> uh, after this break. So, you know, one of the things that I am always just, even I, who live thousands of miles away from Yukon, uh, Oklahoma, I'm aware of the fact that Grace Church has a rule of life. Because you all not only live into it in, I think, the way that you do your ministry and the way that you do your services, and and you also live into it in your social media posts, but in everything that you all seem to do, you emphasize it. Your newsletter that comes out weekly is divided by the way of your rule of life. So let's go back to the beginning, because I really think that you all are, are doing great at this. Tell me how you all thought, yes, we should do a rule of life and how you came up with it. And then we'll talk about sort of what it is and and what you're doing with it. Sure. Um, Yeah, well, our rule of life's been with us since the very beginning, like since our first launch team meetings in the fall of 2013. uh, I think the idea for a rule of life, certainly in my life, has deeper threads um, I grew up going to St. Crispin's Camp and Conference Center uh, here in the Diocese of Oklahoma, and we had a rule of life for summer camp. Um, whenever I was in seminary, I was visiting around uh, the country looking at different emerging churches and um, visiting the, cro- the Crossing in Boston and um, visiting with Karen Ward out in Seattle and just hearing some of the ways that they were drawing on ancient practices, um, Stephanie and, uh, and Karen, uh, to bring those to life in new ways for people. And I don't know, all that kind of was shaken up. And as we, and as we were, uh, kind of in the water as we were planting Grace Church. And so when we started thinking about what kind of church we wanted to be and how we wanted to orient our ministry, uh, we decided not to go with the, especially ten years ago, still very popular. You know, what are the core values of your of your church plant? <laughs> uh, and instead of just naming core values, 
um, we wanted to tap into that more ancient rhythm um, from monastic communities of having a rule of life, uh, something that was really going to be an articulation of those values, um, but also a way that we could kind of order our ministry and our life together as a church. Um, and so, uh, in, we didn't, it's not as long as the rule of life for St. Benedict by any means. I was going to say that, to be clear, this isn't 165 uh, yeah. pages no, it's of not. rule of life. That's right. That's right. Uh, so in some ways we have kind of those core values named in the three main tenets, and then we have kind of a longer form kind of describing each one on our website. And then we have some like kind of key practices of ways that we live out each part of our rule of life. Uh, and so, so there is a brevity to it still in that people know the six words that are part of our rule of life, the three tenets of it. And then, uh, and then there's practices associated with each one. Um, but over the years, it's certainly grown and matured. But in those early days, um, honestly, in coming up with it, we, we put up, you know, just a big brainstorm. I, I love post-it notes of all sizes. And so, uh, <laughs> in this case, we used one of the big post-it notes that go on the, uh, on the wall and we threw up lots of words that we felt like, um, helped describe the kind of church that we wanted to become. Um, and, uh, we, so at that point they were more aspirational. Oh, well, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, we had about 20 people connected to our launch team and we were meeting in our living room and, um, and yeah, we were, we were aspiring, certainly. Um, Did you have uh, your own personal rule of life sort of inform this or did, were you just as open to the spirit and saying whatever's up on the wall is and whatever the community decides or, it's like, you know, I've been to camp, I've been to seminary, I've been in my own life, I've seen it all around. I think this is the one that works, and I need to make sure that this is sort of what ends up on the final draft. Um, no, not necessarily. Um, we didn't know exactly what would be on it. Um, you know, we had some ideas that we wanted, something that was relational and emphasized relationships, um, uh, something that something that um, tapped into... Something that tapped into the tradition, um, which turned into the second piece of our real life. Um, and, and, and so we had some ideas, I suppose, but we, we weren't exactly sure what it would look like. Uh, so as we had everything up on the, on the big sheet, um, you know, like you do with a brainstorm, you start to consolidate down and um, mm. we, we circled six, eight, ten words. Uh, and then um, uh, we, asked the, we asked the team in the living room, is it okay if Kirsten and I just sleep on this when we meet next week? We'll 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 tell you what kind of percolated for us, and then we can edit it from there. Uh, and so we combined we kind of combined words and um, uh, and different different kind of adjectives and uh, the the verbs and nouns that were up there, and we came up <laughs> with uh, authentic relationships, sacramental lives, and generous hearts. Um, and even then, we didn't quite know what that would mean. Um, and uh, like it's evolved over the years and how we describe it and how we live into it. Uh, but we brought that to the group and they said, yes, I, I don't recall. Maybe we made one one tweak of one word or something, but it was nothing major. Um, but it definitely came out of the group's work. Uh, we just kind of pulled it together in the end um, from the from the eight or 10 words down to the six uh, and kind of combine them into kind of three main tenets. And why, why th- I could obviously go the trinitarian way right like why three why did you because it, it seems to me you walked into it with an intentionality that we wanted to be 
short. We don't want it to be yes. the rule of Benedict. We don't even right. want it to be 10 or 12 or seven things. Three seems like a number that people can remember. How did you exactly. end up with three? Yeah. I mean, I think that was a big piece of it. it. It felt complete at that point for one. So it was kind of an intuitive sense. Um, and, um, and it was easy. It was, it would be easy to remember. We didn't want to make it so complex that it was not easy to remember. It needed to be <laughs> something that new people could learn quickly within our church. Well, you know, a, a lot of time people do church, congregations do strategic planning, and they end up with a mission statement, if we will, a vision, mission, and all that. Right. That ends up that few people can remember. Right? It's like oh, going exactly. to any church and be like, "What are your? What's your mission statement?" Like, I don't know. We're we're here on Sundays. Um, do you all? Do you guys also have a separate mission statement and vision statement, or is this your is, rule of life? Is it, it is both? It is both. You know, we take those like the congregational vitality assessment that a lot of dioceses are doing now, and yeah, things, and it says like, "Do you have a mission statement?" And everybody on on our on our leadership answered yes, even though we don't, <laughs> because they were like, "Well, our rule," and they came back and they said, "We noticed this question." Several of them said this. We noticed this question, and we don't, but we feel like our rule of life is our mission statement. And I said, "I agree." <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the three that you all arrived at, the, and because you you mentioned that you do have them in your on your website, you do sort of describe sort of this is what we thought about when we were thinking of these two words: authentic relationships, sacramental lives, generous hearts. But then you also you say some of the ways to practice, for example, authentic relationships. Some of the ways to do this work, that work. It, does that keep changing? Is that sort of the 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 plan well actually now that it's been 10 years right by the way congratulations on the anniversary of 10 years of of grace <laughs> but <you. laughs> has it changed did you guys ever go back and say like uh um, we need to we honestly, need to change this part of that part i think it's i think within the first year um we didn't have the kind of paragraph description uh until about a year later under each one um and so but no now those those have been the same for nine years um at least um wow those descriptions of each each part. Uh, I mean, we we have it in a nice booklet that we give out as people come into the church. Um, we give that. We talk through it at our foundations class, and so all those things. Those things haven't changed. No. And I do like how on each one you you do offer. This is how we sort of live into them. This is yeah. how we do. So let's talk a little bit about it. What do you all mean? And I could certainly read it and send people to read it, right? But right. when if somebody, if you were just chatting with someone over a cup of coffee, what do you mean by authentic relationships? Sure. So uh, we describe that as two things. One, and uh, the, an authentic relationship, uh, certainly from the church perspective, um, starts with an authentic relationship with God. And we fundamentally believe that God's love is for everyone, no exceptions. That's kind of our slogan. So it's not a mission statement, but that's our slogan here at Grace Church. And so uh, we like we we remind people as they're as they're coming in and joining the church that uh, God loves you, God knows you, um, and wants an authentic relationship with you. Uh, God is there for you, um, and you know. So you coming, being able to come before God uh, to worship, to pray, uh, to grow in that relationship is a key part of the Christian life. Uh, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor. And so, in Christian community, we know that our love of God is connected to our love of neighbor and to sharing in the fellowship of the church. And so, we strive to have authentic, vulnerable relationships with one another where we can come as we are. Um, we can come with our questions, our doubts. We can come 
with our mess, <laughs> whatever it is, uh, <laughs> and know that at Grace Church, you're going to find people who will uh, accept you wherever you are and for whoever you are. And and from your website, some of the ways that you practice authentic relationships is attending Sunday worship, which makes sense. You were sort of just talking about that. But then they, they can join small groups, being a part of the discipleship group, community events, and ministry teams. So you really allow people to join in whatever sort of comfort level they might have beyond the Sunday worship, which is sort of the core of, yes, of the yes. relationship. Uh, that's right. Um, so we have a Foundations of Grace class that we run uh, about four times a year. And so... Within three months of being here, usually sooner, um, somebody you're you're going to get invited to that foundations class. Um, we don't just advertise that we're having it; like we invite very uh, intentionally. We invite our new people to attend the class, um, and and at that, the first session is about our rule of life and about Grace Church, um, and 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 we let people know really early on that we want them to make uh, a church home here, um, and so finding that one thing outside of Sunday worship and just kind of showing up for worship is often the key to that we have found and um, helping connect people to other people and to, or to a ministry team helps keep them engaged in the life of the church and um, helps the church become a home. That's an interesting insight. So uh, people talk about in church growth, they talk about the back door, right? Uh, So you do a very intentional, we want you not just on Sundays, but we'd like for you to participate in other parts of the life of the church. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's something to learn for, for others. Uh, so many are just focused on Sundays and they think that that's, that's it. So um, we actually, we have a pathway in, um, in ACS realm is what we use for our people management. And so okay. um, we have a pathway and we show, we kind of track when people attend a foundations, when they get connected to a group, when they get connected to a ministry team. So, I mean, we have a whole process. How large is Grace now? How many people do you all have to keep track of? We've got about 420 people in our in our wow. directory well now. Well done. Yeah. Well done. From 20 in your living room to 420 now. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. So the second one is sacramental lives. How would you explain that one to someone over coffee? Sure. Now, most of our most of our attendees um, that join us and become, and become members um, grew up in a non-liturgical church, like 75% of my congregation grew up charismatic um, and evangelical in their church background. So sacraments and liturgy are really new to them. And honestly, in in those early days, we thought hard about, well, do we, is sacramental, is just that word going to be too much of a turnoff? Is that going to be too much to explain to people? Um, But we decided that it was so key to our, our identity as, uh, as, Anglican, the Anglican tradition as the Episcopal Church that we needed to name sacraments. And we also felt like uh, the the sacramental life uh, is just one of the gifts that we have to offer as a tradition. Um, And so, the way we describe that is uh, the sacramental life is that God God is in the ordinary, the sacred is in the ordinary. And so, this part of the spiritual life is growing to have a deeper awareness of God's presence uh, in our lives and in our world. Uh, so, um, the sacramental life includes, yes, the sacraments of the church, but it also includes uh, the ways that we encounter God, um, you know, um, in nature, in relationships, at the dinner table, uh, <laughs> at the kids' soccer game, whatever it might be. <laughs> so, it's just about an openness to uh, and a willingness to open our eyes to God's presence uh, in our lives. Um, and so, the ways that we support that are 
are through prayer, through our prayer school, which uh, we got to do one one of our prayer schools with TriTank uh, a yes, year ago. Yes, you did. Right. Yes, you did. No, we're and and I love how we, on your website you say uh, you would you would think right if, when it, we're talking about sacramental lives that it would begin like lighting incense or something. No, but the things that you list that people can do are like naming where you've seen God each day, praying right. And, right. and reading scripture daily, being formed by liturgy and worship, attending prayer school and, and classes that you all do, and pressing faith at home, which is one of your programs that that you all have as well. It, it's. Brother Lawrence would be very happy with with the way that you've all described it, right? Just seeing God in the everything. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, that's such a rich part of our Anglican heritage from, you know, those Celt- Celtic roots and uh, mm-hmm. Augustine and uh, in in the early, you know, in the early days of the Anglican tradition, um, certainly within this whole, I mean, Really, everything before Protestant Reformation emphasized this way more. So, <laughs> yeah, that that is very true. We, I think, we would all be better off doing more of that. And then the final one is generous hearts, which, if someone were just listening to that, uh, would be like, "Oh, they want money, right?" right. But that's not what it's about. <laughs> that's very we very intentionally didn't want that. We saw a lot of church plants that had giving as one of their <laughs> as one of their core values, and we were like, "Man, I I think God wants a whole lot more from us." Uh, <laughs> like Absolutely. God wants, God wants you know pre- present yourself as a as a uh, uh, as a whole offering, a living sacrifice to God. Paul says, right? And so, uh, what is what what is what does that look like? You know, what is it that God wants from us? How is it that as we encounter God and have an authentic relationship with God, as we grow in the sacramental life and grow to have a deeper awareness of God's presence in our life, what is it that grows in us? Um, and and Fundamentally, it's a generous heart, um, and so yeah, we say we say that the Holy Spirit is at work in us, making us a new creation, and so that means being um, more loving, more giving, more accepting, more courageous, more generous of a person. Um, and some of the ways on your, from your website that that you that people can do that is encountering people with grace, serving on a ministry team, serving on outreach, and finally, the last thing, literally on that whole page, is like, oh yeah. Giving tithes and offerings, you know that that is also part of important. It's it's not to to deny that that's important, right. but that you don't you're not leading with that. So here's a question for you: If someone who's listening now has a smaller congregation, you know the average Episcopal church has about sixty people, uh, and they want to sort of live into this. And again, living into this in the way that you're all doing it, you have it on your newsletter, even when you announced your sabbatical and what you were going to do during your sabbatical time, you broke it down into the three parts of your rule yeah, of life. Yeah, I was lucky that Lily, the Lily Foundation liked that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I wonder if this will be too us. <laughs> but that was my grant was about helping my family live into the rule of life as a family. Yeah. So if somebody is out there and they're like, we'd like to do it, I think that's a good idea. We should, what would be the first steps for a small congregation or any congregation to begin making their own rule of life that that's authentic to who they are as a congregation? Yeah, I mean, I I absolutely think, I mean, this, any size church can do this. Um, And it starts with really two things, I think. One is, one is listening to one another, like um, just the brainstorm page, even though, now, you know, 12 of the 12 or 15 of those people that were there were, are still here, right? But, but like, so not everybody got to participate in that, but it set the DNA of the mm. church. And so if I'm a, if I've maybe a church of 60 people, um, 
I think you've got to have some listening sessions and and share about what's most important about your church. Um, not so much about how you do things, but about uh, not so not so much about like the ministries or programs that you do, um, but really about how you live it out, how, like what the the true the true values that you're living out and the true fruits of the spirit that you're living out and the true things that are like gifts about who you are uh in your identity right so not your music program not not your not specifically of something about your a particular outreach not so it has to be more general um uh so that it can really get to like your values um and who you are on a deeper level um and and doing some listening about that and some real reflecting i think it also has to do you have to do some identity work if if you're a more established church and not a brand new church um one of the things as i talk as you know as i talk to colleagues and i both clergy and lay uh leaders and as i look at churches i think a lot of churches don't know what it is that they're gifted with what what is our gift that we have to offer our community mm. how are we meeting a need in our community and that has to play into your role of life um how would you, like, if I were asking you, Tim, tell me, how do I figure yeah. that out? How do I figure out what that gift that I bring uniquely to this community is? What would you say? Um, well, you know, so the, the, the his, those first 12 members of Grace Church were, were from a church that we closed uh, here in Yukon. And uh, about 12 of them joined our launch team. And the question I asked them was, uh, if you weren't here, what would people miss uh, about you? And and they they really scratched their heads and said we don't we don't think anyone would miss us, and that was part of what propelled them to join us in starting a new church because they wanted there to be something that they would miss. So I would think about that question: what would what would what would our, the community miss if we weren't here? Um, and I think it really you've got to look at your demographics in your area and who's there, who's in your neighborhood, and think about the gifts of our tradition. Um, and how to present those in ways uh, that 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 touch people. Uh, I mean, so for us, our our mission field, our I, I mentioned is, is evangelicals and charismatics, because um, we're in Oklahoma. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's what you got, and it's what it's who's here, and um, and you know some of the things that some of the things that people in those traditions miss is things like mystery. And presence and and more incarnational understanding of the faith. And so, like the ways that we talk about sacramental lives lives into that. Like it touches that. Um, some of the things that frustrate post-evangelicals and post-charismatics uh, is that not everybody is welcome. Um, we are in a very conservative community, a very red county, and you know, I, I'd say by like national standards, we're probably most people at Grace are pretty moderate, but within our community, like we we are more progressive uh, and we're very inclusive uh, of LGBT folks, and 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 that has been a huge uh, one of the huge reasons that people come to us. Um, and so the ways that we talk about um, authentic authenticity and authentic lives and how God's love is for everyone, no exceptions, plays plays into that. Uh, I mean, we. When people read the back of our T-shirts, um, just because of the context, uh, they they know they know people who have felt like exceptions, 
uh, in their lives. On the back of your t-shirts, it yeah. says, God loves God's you. God's love is for everyone, really no exceptions, you know, that part of our slogan. And so then when we talk mm-hmm. about our rule of life and we talk about authentic relationships and we talk about uh, generous hearts and being able to uh, g- being able to be generous towards every single person, um, uh, agree or disagree with them, <laughs> like it just paints a different picture of the kind of Christian life that we're trying to live. And so people pick up on that stuff. Um, um and and it's what draws them to grace. Like they 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 love the inclusivity, the generosity, um, the ways that people are willing to be vulnerable here. Um, mm. Our new canon for congregational vitality. He and his wife um, have visited Grace several times, and um, she uh, his wife said to to me, um, "This when I greeting people after church uh, in the coffee hour, like I hear more people talking about how God's at work in their life here than I do at." at most other churches. Um, And that's because we really um, encourage people to talk about sacramental moments and to be authentic and vulnerable with one another. And we've kind of set a culture for that here. Like you said, it's part of your, your DNA at grace and um, maybe it's time for some DNA transplants into some other congregations that they can figure out and and work at it that way. Uh, Tim, we are at time, you know, so wow. Um, I encourage people go to graceucon.org and check out their rule of life. Check out also, like I said, the the work they do on Instagram with some of the and just some of their services. You'll see uh, not only their beautiful new building, but also the the great music that they do and how they do it. Even in a place where you would think like, no way that this type of congregation could exist in that type of place, but uh, just showing that authentic relationships matter. Look at that. I'm already speaking in your, yeah, in you your, got my, in your, you got the vernacular. <laughs> Tim, thanks very much for joining us. Enjoy your sabbatical. Thank you so much. God bless you. And I know we said goodbye, but we're back because just as we got <laughs> off, uh, Tim started to tell me how we took our rule of life to the next level. And I couldn't okay. let that go without it. So Tim. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. So yeah, this is the postlude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what, one of the ways over the years that this rule of life has matured is that early on, we always, we talked about our church's ministries through the lens of the rule of life a lot. We reflected on our ministries and whether we were living into our rule of life well, all of that. Uh, the first couple years. When it really kicked to the next level was when we started talking about how the church's rule of life could also be your spiritual rule of life as an individual. Um, and so, that's when... That's when it wasn't just something we do together, but something that we do all the time. Uh, So me thinking about how I'm living into authentic relationships in my personal life, in and out of the church, right? Me thinking about how I'm encountering God more fully, not just, again, through the church, but in everything I do, right? Uh, Me thinking about how I'm cultivating that generous heart and, and tilling the ground, the soil, for God to do something new and grow something in me, right? All, it was when it was when it was not just about the church communally and what we do together, but what we do individually and all the time that the rule of life really uh, moved moved beyond just the church rule of life, but it really became just our rule of life as the body of Christ. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And to that point, by the way, I suppose if a small congregation out there is like, we don't know where to start something, they could just 
copy yours and say, let's try this out for a little bit and see sure. <laughs> how we need to uh, adjust it later. But let's yeah. just begin with something and live into it. So, all right. This time, thanks okay. for joining all us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. To learn more about TriTank, visit tritank.org. Be sure to sign up for our monthly newsletter where you can keep up with all of our experiments. The TriTank podcast is a production of TriTank in association with Resonate Media. TriTank is a joint venture between Virginia Theological Seminary and General Theological Seminary. Again, thanks for joining us. I'm Father Lorenzo Labrija. Until next time, may God bless you. Do you have something to say? Are there people who want or need to hear from you? Have you always wanted to start a podcast but don't know where to start? Welcome to Resonate Media, where our mission is to amplify you. At Resonate Media, we focus on helping underrepresented voices and aspiring podcasters get started by providing equipment, expertise, and experience to help you launch a podcast. To get started, visit ResonateMediaPro.com. Don't let the confusion, complications, and costs of posting, recording, editing, and distribution hold you back. The world needs to hear what you have to say. Resonate Media can help your voice be heard.